I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. Hello, friends. Before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to share who our sponsor is today. That is Podcorn. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host read ads, interview segments, and more. In our experience, we have used Podcorn to connect us to a few sponsors, and it's been great. It was so easy. There's no middleman. We just message these brands, and we can set our rates. They can say how they want to collaborate, and we can decide if that aligns with our brand or not. It's super easy. You never give up any rights to your podcast and Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do for brands. The Marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when you monetize. So click the link in our show notes to sign up for Podcorn if you have a podcast or if you're interested in starting a podcast. This is a great way to monetize that and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. Welcome back to another episode of Artie Friends. This is Allison. And this is Kara. Today, we are joined by our friend, Erin. She's here in Omaha. She's in the studio. We're going to do our introduction first, catch up a little bit, do our peaks of the week. Today's topic is going to be around body image, confidence, being a business owner, being a mom. We went in a lot of directions. We did a lot, but... All super valuable. I think you can walk away with this conversation with whatever stage of life you're in, even if you don't want to be a mom or a business owner, and take something away because that really applies to everyone. So, yeah, there was a lot of good principles that have widespread application. Mm-hmm. But first, let's catch up. Allison, <laughs> thanks for being so flexible last week with our craziness and letting me take the lead on the show. But that was good. I'm Did glad great. you're back. I loved it. <laughs> It's kind of nice to have a week off. I was like, whoa, I've done the (laughs) podcast every single week for 48 weeks. Like, this is crazy. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. whoa, kind of got some hours back in my week. Yeah, I missed you guys. It was scary eating it by yourself, but 
fun. Yeah, good. like when you just went to Morocco and left me hanging. <laughs> and this, and I, the podcast was two months old. And I was like, I can't do it, Kara. I'm like, you got this. Everyone wants to hear you <laughs> and unfiltered I did, without me. Let's go for no. it. And that was by myself, by myself with yeah. no one. Yeah. Talk. I cannot believe people podcast by themselves. Like even the five minute intro I did by myself. I'm like, do I just keep rambling? <laughs> like I sound like a crazy person just talking to myself in a mic. But no, it was good. Different dynamics for sure. All right, tell well, us about your week off. What'd you do? Um, we kind of prefaced this in this episode. It's going to come out in two weeks because we kind of caught up then. But I feel like both of us just have not done much lately, which is good. We need that. Lots of rejuvenating, lots of getting back into alignment, chilling. I would say I am normally a holiday hater and a Grinch. And I definitely think this stems from having divorced parents. So I associate holidays with like making, like feeling bad that I'm not in one place with one parent having to split my time. And like they've they've just been like stressful for me. And Someday last week, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to be in the holiday spirit. I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm gonna get all into this. So I go to Clay in the kitchen. And I was like, what are you doing today? And he's like, um, he had already gotten home from the gym. And he's like, no, what do you need help with? And I was like, tell me what you're doing today before I tell you this. And he was like, no, 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 tell me your plan. And I want to help you. And I was like, okay, you know, I hate the holidays. And I was like, I'm going to be a good sport today. I was like, let's make orange garland and let's like do all the things. And he was like, I have gymnastics in an hour. And I was like, Clay. And I was like, I hate the holidays. <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> Wait. No, are you serious? <laughs> yes. I was like, sir, that is why I asked before I got all excited and I brought up all of, because. but I did, okay, I made one orange into dehydrated oranges and it takes three hours in the oven. Oh you know, you like God. cut them up, you put them on tinfoil and then you like make the cute little dried orange garland. And then I was like, I don't even want to make the garland. So I put it in my tea. <laughs> Stop. The Grinch's heart almost grew a little bit that day, but then it shrunk back down. Sorry, if you can hear Erin, she's in the background. She's not mic'd up yet, but she's dying laughing. I want. Oh, I don't think it's on. I want. Wait. You guys like have your own studio? I want you to be able to go. Sad for me. Anyway, so maybe maybe today I'll do a little bit. I might wrap some presents and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep us updated. I'm uh, proud of you. Yeah, how about you? <laughs> See, yeah, I am feel. I felt that same way. I'm like, I want to get into the holidays. I want to be chuggy AF. Like, I want to buy. I want to go to Marshalls and buy something. I want to buy an ugly ass snow globe and put it in my house. <laughs> like, I want to be that person. So I didn't buy anything. Luckily, Connor's parents and grandma like gave us all of their old Christmas decorations. Like, I think we bought some garland. But that's about it. We used like all these old ornaments. Dec- oh, we bought a Christmas tree. Yeah. Which I think I already updated oh, you on did. here. Yeah. We bought a fresh tree. Went to like a little parking lot. Garage. Or not garage sale. Like the parking lot Christmas tree lots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And bought a fresh tree there. Because, you know. In the you put on top city of living. No. Connor's uh, dad has a truck. So, thankfully. We didn't <laughs> okay. have to figure out. We didn't have to do... Christmas vacation, lampoon yeah. style. <laughs> but um, no, that was fun. We got to get a fresh tree and they gave us a mug. This this Christmas tree lot, they had their marketing figured out. Free mug with purchase. Cute little Christmas <laughs> mug. I was loving that. She bought a tree because they had a mug. Yeah, like how much was the tree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like $80. <laughs> Well, I didn't know they gave a mug until after, but I would go. I will go there next year for the for the collector's mug. Okay, like, I was going to say if they make it a collection. No, it's literally smart. It's smart. 
<laughs> like, at whoever is listening to this that works for this Christmas tree lot, give that person a raise. Are they listening? <laughs> I will personally the DM them on Instagram this clip from the episode and say, like, we we are going to be lifetime customers now because of the fucking mug. So keep it up. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, cute. And then you could have all of your collector's mugs, like, up on the mantle. Yeah. Love that. So, okay. yeah, I'm all for the holiday spirit. We are here for that. Well, I haven't had a tree. I don't think I've ever owned a tree, to be honest. I'm not sure. So maybe if I did get a tree, though, I'm like you. I think I would get a real one. Yeah. It just smells good. And it just, it's happy. I remember one year, me and my ex, we got a real tree and I didn't realize the whole sap uh, mess situation. And this was like when we lived on the second floor of an apartment. And oh my God, I got shit all down the carpeted hallway, all up and down the stairs, in and out when you take it out. Oh. Because I didn't put it in the bag. Oh my God. I didn't know that you were supposed to like put a bag underneath it and then like wrap it up. Because it's fine when you put it into your house. But then once it dies, it gets super dry. Oh my God. It makes a mess everywhere. Good to know. I probably would oh, have okay. the exact yeah, same really, thing. So this is really good tree. information. All right, if you're listening and first year Christmas tree, make sure you do that. I will be doing that. Yeah, they sell a bag and you like put it up underneath and then you like shimmy the whole tree into okay. it. Otherwise, the pine needles are going to be Just everywhere. chaos. Mm-hmm. All right, noted. Okay. <laughs> All right, we do have a very exciting announcement for you guys. We've been hinting at this for the past few months. And finally, we're pulling the trigger. We're making it happen. We have our first ever Already Friends merch item. And we have some totes for you guys. Already Friends tote bags are live on the Shop the New Wave website. You can purchase a tote bag. And first off, they are so cute and functional. Allison and I are both big tote rockers. We rock all types of tote bags. We've got more than we probably need, but you can never have too many. But also this purchase, if you do choose to get one, supports the podcast. We have put so much time and energy and money into the show and we love it. Don't get us wrong, but we definitely want to put out an item that can support the show while also you guys can rock a cute item. And we've gotten so many requests to launch merch. And this is kind of like a soft launch for us. We definitely want to do Mm -hmm. more in this space, but we wanted to try it out with something that we know everyone loves and can start with this item and hopefully bring you guys more in the future. Yeah, we want to start small with a tote bag. Anyone, any age can use a tote. It's very functional. There's not different sizes. So before we took too much risk, we thought a tote would be perfect. And we were really proud about the symbolism behind like our logo. We were thinking that a double smile logo can represent the joy that community and connection can bring. So like if you're having a down day or you're missing your besties or the podcast or whatever, if you have the tote, you can just like carry that good energy and love into your day, on your errands, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And it shows subtly that you're an already friends listener. It's not too flashy. Anyone can rock it. You can buy it for someone else you want. It's just cute. It gives good vibes. Yeah, we didn't put Already Friends podcast on it. It's just the smiley faces because we were like, okay, it'll be like a, if you know, you know. Yes. See someone with it. It's like, okay, they're a real one. Yeah, so like we mentioned, head to shopthenewwave.com or head to our Instagram at Already Friends so you can check it out there. Let us know if there's any other merch items you guys want to see in the future because we are looking to do more of that in 2022. Peak of the week? Um, Do you have anything else? I think my peak of the week is finding out that there's a bar, K, in St. Louis. 
if you guys don't know what Bar K is, it's B-A-R, like bar, then K, which spells bark. It's a dog park. It's like a bar and restaurant. And they have one in Kansas City, which I've gone to like four times, my friend Heidi. And they open one in St. Louis. And I'm going to start taking Margo there. Um, she's not great yet. Like whenever she sees other dogs, she gets so excited and cries and whines. So we need to like take her there a few times, let her walk around the outside and not go in because she just gets so excited. She like loves other dogs. So I'm excited to do that. And then also had a delicious brunch with my friend Tori on Sunday. And the food was so good. It was It's this Mediterranean restaurant called Olio. And it was just like, I don't think I'm a foodie. I don't really care that much about going out to eat when I'm traveling. Like, you know how some people are like, oh my God, we got to hit this restaurant and this restaurant. Like, that's not usually my style, but oh my God, this food was so good. So it was a nice little peek for me. And obviously catching up with my friend Tori. That was great. What about you? Love that. Good week. My few little peaks. Uh, I helped my friend Michael move into his apartment last Friday. He was like, I need like a woman's touch on the design thing. <laughs> it was so cute. So he has like all the stuff in there and he's like, he's like, I've got these paintings and I've I've got this stuff. Like where, where are we going to put it? So we went through the whole place. It's actually like the coolest loft in the old market. And he basically saw this unit and was like, I'm going to make that my unit. And they were like, yeah, it's not for rent. It's not for rent. And he was like, okay, what do I got to do to like let let you guys let me have this? And he ended up finessing his way in there. He actually put up like, he painted it. He put up walls. He put up this drywall. He like revamped the whole thing. So he gave him a huge cut on his rent and he got it for an amazing deal. And it's huge. And then it has like stairs in there and like this other loft up in there. And anyway, he's going to be like continuously renovating over the winter. So I was like inspired and excited because I'm like, sweet, like another place to He's got pool table in there and a sauna. It's like massive. Anyway, so it was really fun. I think he's going to have his birthday party on Christmas Eve Eve. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh my gosh. That was Friday. And then I also got to see Jordan, who I hadn't seen in a few weeks because she was sick and our schedules were just competing. And so it was so fun just to catch back up with her. And Clay and I actually had a lazy Sunday, which we never ever do. It seems like there's always, it's like, oh, we have nothing this Sunday. And then all of a sudden Sunday comes and there's 10 things that we have to do. And we slept until 11 o'clock, which I haven't done in literally like months. I don't even know. Granted, we were up to like three o'clock in the morning, but it still felt nice. And I got my nails done yesterday. If you guys have followed along, I had with my nail lady saga. She actually, my nail lady stopped by the store. Remember how I said I thought I, well, I don't know. I just hadn't, I had the same nail lady for three years. She's from Vietnam. She's amazing. And then she got an actual lawyer job. And so I wasn't <gasps> going to have her as my nail lady anymore. And she came into the store last weekend. Aww. She brought me Vietnamese coffee. It was so cute. Wait, what a sweetheart. I know. So I feel like this week, I really was just like spending time with my humans in a very mm-hmm. intentional way. Yes. I love that. What was the nail tech saga? Is that it? Um, yeah, I was just like, damn, she was like my second mom. I'd always get such good advice from her. And I don't know. I felt like I learned a lot from her because you would relate. And I talk about how it's stressful for me that I know everyone everywhere. And she used to be like famous in Vietnam and she like everyone would recognize her and her husband. And so she literally, they got a divorce (laughs) and she dipped out and came to Omaha. And she, I don't know. We just really get each other. (laughs) Isn't it funny how people end up certain places? Like, right? And people have like 
different lives that you just don't different even know lives. about. That was that's like the craziest thing I think about living when I would live in New York City is like you literally don't know anything about anybody. They have like a whole nother mm-hmm. life that they live before they're the city slicker. It's like crazy. That's, I love that TikTok trend. That's like my three lives or mm-hmm. four lives or people decide to do. And you're like, how the hell are you being like a full-time doctor and like full-time yoga retreat person? And you're like doing triathlons. Like the, when are you doing all of this? <laughs> it's crazy. The, their screen time is not eight hours. That's how. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Me with my freaking cell phone addiction. <laughs> Googling like retreat centers. It's fine. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Some listener speaks. <laughs> yeah. Let's read your guys' speaks of the week. Merla said, I finally cleaned my depression room from September. Slowly but surely getting better. So proud of you. You know, it's the baby steps that count. Keep on keeping on. You got this. Rosie said, moving out for the first time. Scariest but best thing I've ever done. I've already grown so much. And... Caitlin said, attending a big conference in Florida, improving my network and business. Good job, Caitlin. It's so important to invest in yourself. So we're proud of you. And one more. Kaylee said, finishing my finals. Finally get a break to work on building the business of my dreams. Shout out to everyone who's in school right now and just finished taking lots of tests and submitting projects. I'm sure you are very relieved to be getting that done. So good job on all you've accomplished this semester. With that, I think we can hop into introducing today's guest. Allison, you want to introduce Aaron? Yes. Okay. So Aaron lives here in Omaha. Omaha is just like a very small, big city. Everyone's connected. She's a photographer and videographer, and she also did 75 Hard. So we were messaging a lot around that when she was doing it. She's come into the store a couple times. Um, it's like kind of run in the same circle of like business owner creatives. And we had a lot of requests for the podcast around the topic of body image and confidence and self-esteem. And it's like, who would be good to talk about that? Because, you know, from the outside looking in, like people can look so confident, but then come to find like they actually are the most insecure person ever. So it was really hard to pick someone like who could shed light on this topic in like a very profound way. And she has five sisters. She's a mom. She shoots boudoir photos. And so I'm like, okay, she's literally coaching women like via her sisters her whole life. And then now through boudoir, like on how to be more comfortable in their own skin. And that's not a career type field that many people have. So thought we would have her come on and just see where the conversation went around those topics. Yeah. And Erin's so nice. So fun. I've gotten to work with her when I lived in Omaha and I was in the photography, videography space. We've connected. And yeah, as like Allison mentioned, she's just a big entrepreneur in the city. So her insights and some of the lessons that she shared on here were really valuable. And I'm excited for you guys to listen. Without further ado, here's Erin. I'm Erin. I am a photographer in Omaha. I'm also a lot of other things, but I think that that's probably why I'm here. Go ahead and share some of the other labels with us. Who, yeah, what totally. do you do? I um, I own two photography companies, so that's why I say photography is a big part of what I do because um, I spend sixty hours a week doing it. But I also spend the rest of my life being a mom, which people are surprised about whenever I say that, and a wife. Obviously, I have a huge family in Omaha, and we spend a lot of time with them. So I'm a sister to five sisters. And I kind of run the whole... There's a lot. There's a lot going on for sure. Well, all of that is definitely why you're here. We cannot wait to talk about 
everything to do surrounding women and self-esteem, confidence, body image. And with that resume of it, I feel like you are so equipped to talk about this. Having the sisters, being a mom, working with so many women, both in like the wedding industry and boudoir. So if you want to maybe go into a little bit how your photography top of your umbrella has ended up divvying down to other sections. Totally. I think it just, it comes from who I am. Like you said, like I have a ton of sisters. I actually went to an all girls high school, which at the time was maybe not what I would have chosen for myself, but I think everything kind of came down into who I am now. But I do want to talk to you about that TikTok trend. Oh my gosh. Okay, there's an I am woman TikTok trend. I don't know if you guys have done it yet. I did it. You did it. I know what you're talking about. Oh my gosh, you have to show it to me. Okay. Okay, it's like, (laughs) I am woman, I'm creative. I don't know all the phrases, but I am... (laughs) Do you know it? Yeah, I think it's like, I am fearless, I am masculine, I am feminine, I am everything I want. Yes. Right? And and I think it's like, darling, you can get in line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh my gosh. Okay, so I had a a horrible time in high school finding like my place. Not because I didn't have a place, but because I had too many places. So I was a volleyball player. So I was was very athletic and then I could sing. So I was in show choir and I was relatively smart. So I was doing some of those things. And when you are in one bubble in high school, you start to like separate yourself and you're almost too thin in so many areas. So I had friends, like picked out friends in all these different groups, but I wasn't in a friend group. So I always felt Mm. like maybe I got left out because I wasn't friends with everyone, if that makes sense, in one group. Whereas I just had like all these little tiny Yeah, you had like a foot in each door and then they were like, no, 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 we have our whole own group over here. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I still see myself doing that in different friend groups, but now as adults, you can have stronger friend groups with just individual people. So it serves me well now. But I just felt like in high school, you have so much pressure to be all of these little things. And especially when we were in high school, it was very much so like, be smart, but don't be too smart. Like be skinny, but don't be too skinny, like be fit, but don't be like, don't have a six pack. I remember there was this girl in another high school and she was buff and people would talk shit on her. Oh, I don't know if I can say that. You can cuss. (laughs) People would just like, people would be like, oh my gosh, she's so cool, but ew, like look at her six pack. Like that's kind of masculine, you know? And I think that that TikTok resonates with everyone because it's everything that all of these women want to be, but we were told that we couldn't be. Like we were told we can't be masculine. And like you wear some dope men's clothes, like some vintage like shirts, Mm -hmm. like tucked in, in like a masculine way or in a feminine way. You can be both, but we have been conditioned for so long that we're not allowed to be like too skinny, too fat, like too athletic, too smart, too loud, all of these different things. And that TikTok just freaking nailed it. I've been, I followed the girl who made the song and I'm just obsessed with her now. Yeah, I think too. it's so cool. You did it too, didn't you, Kara? I did not. So, oh, I know. You can do it. So I feel it's crazy because I remember seeing it before it like kind of blew up and I was like getting all teary at these. And then I was like, okay, I have to make one. And then the song came out and now I feel mm-hmm. like it's just everywhere. And it is so empowering because you're right. It's not saying you just have to be this one label. You can you can be all of the things all the time whenever you want to be them. Yeah, you can totally be multidimensional. And I don't think we were allowed to be that before, which is kind of funny. Like I'm a business owner, but also a mom. And both of them are two very full-time jobs, mm-hmm. you know, and you can be good at them. You can like make mistakes in them. And I think that's kind of why I've hit 
this threshold of mostly working with women in boudoir is because it's really cool to see people come out of their shell and be multidimensional and be okay with it in a society that really hasn't allowed us to be previous to this. Would you want to go into a little bit more of what boudoir is? Sure. Because I feel like a lot of our listeners probably aren't familiar with it. Totally. So, okay. I like to say that boudoir is kind of like the Titanic scene, like paint me like your French girl, that, that vibe. Boudoir is intimate photos of women. So it would be like pretty much half naked photos of women. And the reason that boudoir is a thing, it stems back like a very, very long time. But the reason it is a thing now is because it's trying to push women to get outside of their comfort zone and love on their bodies a little bit more than we have in the past. So it's really becoming even more popular in the last 10 years than it already was, but it's been around for hundreds of years. Very nice. And do you even want to like share a bit more background? Have you how you even got started in photography in general and like what that looked like? Totally. Yeah. I started taking photos of girls in college, not in the boudoir sense, very much so like senior portraits kind of way. So I was just taking portraits of friends. I had a camera. I honestly don't even know why I had a camera. I have always had a camera since I was little. I was definitely the person where during Christmas, my mom would hand me the camera and be like, take photos of everyone opening presents, like take photos of everything. I don't even know where those photos are. (laughs) Probably still on an SD card somewhere in a box in the bottom of a closet. But probably since I was 10, I was always handed a camera, always handed a camera. And I took one to college with me by chance and just started taking photos of people in free time. And it turned out that one of the girls I had taken photos of couldn't afford to take her photographer to her Denver elopement with her. And she was like, Aaron, would you want to do it? And Kara, you were actually with me. Yes. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize the backstory of that. That's awesome. Totally. And I had shot, second shot, a bunch of weddings for a Lincoln photographer. She's no longer in Lincoln, but her name is Haley Shaquin. Shout out to Haley. Haley was awesome. She would rent all of like the really nice equipment for her second shooters. So you would go to the day with her and it would be amazing because you're like, wow, I'm shooting on this like $3,000 camera with the nicest lens. Like none of it was mine, but it was so cool to see. This is what it could look like if I had the gear. Um, So I second shot for her a lot. Joe asked me to come to Denver. I was like, okay, let's do it. I think she paid me like $400 total. Like it covered the, covered the flight. Yeah, (laughs) like literally that was it. And I think I bought Kara's flight and then that was it. Like we did not get paid. They fed us. They were so nice to us. They were so sweet, but like we did not get paid very much to, to do it for sure. And that wedding got published in a Omaha wedding magazine because she is a local florist. Oh. Yeah. And it was in the grocery stores. It was in like the Omaha World Herald, like the storefront. It was all over the place. And I was like, holy shit, what just happened? And as soon as those photos came out, people would send them back to me and be like, hey, can I book you for my wedding? Hey, can I book you for my wedding? Hey, can I book you for my wedding? And all of a sudden I was a wedding photographer. Damn. Yeah, it was a wild, wild ride. And I've learned a lot about being a business owner. I feel like I still learn things every single day on how I can be better, do better, serve people better. But I I definitely learned the hard way for sure. Yeah, you just got thrown right into the fire. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. Like I was going to college for business. I did get a business degree and it didn't help me at all. (laughs) Zero. It did not help me at all. So um, I think I would have probably changed the way I did things in college if I had known, but I learned so late 
on that the classes didn't doesn't didn't resonate with what I would do in real life at all. But once I started doing wedding photography, I had some people start to ask me if I did boudoir, which I did not. And it's hard to do boudoir because you need a private studio. You need a, a place where people feel safe. And I didn't have any of those things. I was like freshly out of college. I had just shot my first like 20 weddings in one year. I was learning how to edit, do all those things, manage money, probably didn't even have an accountant. and. I said, yes, anyways, I was like, I'll do it. Let's do it at a hotel, found a hotel. And I told people, hey, I'm going to do boudoir sessions at this hotel on this day. It was in January. The hotel was really expensive. It was Hotel Deco downtown. Oh, yeah. And if anyone wants to do it, this is how much it costs. It was soup. Probably so cheap. <laughs> um, probably like $150 or something like that to cover the cost of the hotel. And I think eight people signed up. Wow. And I was like, people want these photos? Like, okay. And it's very much goes back to like one tip on self-confidence, which is fake it till you make it. And I just did what I could, tried to be super energetic, make people feel comfortable, give them the photos they wanted and like provide an environment that was safe, not only to take photos, but like to just talk about themselves. And so that's what I did. And I shot six or eight of these women. They were so gracious enough to let me use their photos and post on Instagram. And then it spiraled the same way wedding photography spiraled. I went from like 50 followers on Instagram to 2,000. And I I probably have five bookings a week. Oh my god! For boudoir. Yes, just for boudoir. And people find that so fascinating because no one knows like that it's happening. Yeah. And they're not just for brides, right? Like people are doing Mm -hmm. it for even just gifts or just for themselves. I would say over half of the people that come in the studio don't even have a significant other. They're just doing it for themselves. That's amazing. I love it. It's awesome. Should we transition to like how that relates to body image and stuff and how kind of like the topic that we want to talk about? Totally. Okay, so with boudoir, boudoir, right? Like it's like it's like a French it's, word, right? It's a French word. So who knows if I even say it right? But I say boudoir, boudoir. Okay, yeah, I know. I'm like, if, fuck, you, I'm if you know French, you probably say it. <laughs> okay, so with boudoir, this obviously has to relate a lot to body image and self confidence. Kind of like you were saying earlier, what have you learned with this journey about relating to women and making them feel comfortable on camera? Because there's a totally different photographer you need to be like with a wedding and like high energy versus like boudoir, I'm assuming, right? Absolutely. I think I've actually learned a lot about myself doing it. Like asking people to come in the studio and be totally open to the idea of not having a lot of clothes on in front of the camera is really hard. And I wouldn't say I have been the most confident person in my body. I think because I've had two lives in a sense. So I've been like the smallest person in the room before. And I've also been the biggest person in the room before because in high school and college, I was really athletic, really fit. I was teaching kickboxing classes at like five in the morning. And then I was playing volleyball at night or doing another workout, not because I was infatuated with working out or my body, just because that's how I was. And that's what felt good. And my metabolism was great. And then I've also had a baby. And recently, like just last weekend, I was out with friends and all of them are like size two and I just had a baby. So I was obviously the biggest person in the room, but I was okay with it. Like I was okay with like wearing baggy jeans and a crop top and like 
being who I was. And I think that stems from asking other people to do that for me over and over and over again. And I think the reason people are comfortable is because I prepare them. First of all, like, we're going to do this together. Like, what do you want out of this? And a lot of people will say like, I just want to get outside of my comfort zone. Well, that's really easy to do if you're half naked in front of the <laughs> <Yeah>. camera. <laughs> like a lot of people are doing this just to get outside their comfort zone. And I think that that's amazing whether you're doing boudoir or you're doing something else. Like little things that you do every single week to get outside your comfort zone. Sometimes I think like that fear and anxiety and like a little bit of nervousness is good for yourself to just expand upon yourself over and over and over again. Like what are you doing to get uncomfortable in a safe way? And I'm sure that there's little things, Allison, that you do as a business owner that are really freaking uncomfortable, like getting a space. That is a really uncomfortable thing. It's a really expensive thing to like invest in yourself and get a brick and mortar location is something I've been, I'm in a co-op now and I've been wanting to do for a long time. And it's scary to have your own space or Kara, like you are moving, you moved to a different city. That's super uncomfortable, but I'm sure it's great for you personally. Yeah. For your growth. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, And once you do that, it's like, okay, I can send an email. It's fine. Like, you know, it's not as hard. Absolutely. Like it makes the, the little things like getting up early or like, Taking a cold shower like seemed like so minuscule when you just moved cities without your friends and family in that city. And so relating back to body image, I think there are little things we have to do to get uncomfortable to accept ourselves a little more. Because again, we lived in a society for too long that said, be skinny, but not too skinny. Like if you're skinny and eating a salad, you're going to be judged. If you're bigger and you're eating a burger, you're going to be judged. It's like this, this society that's continued to put us in a box. So like doing things that make you feel masculine, if you want to feel masculine, like wearing like a jersey or like wearing a baggy sweatshirt or doing things that make you feel really feminine, like putting on a big lacy robe and like taking a photo in front of a camera. I think there's all these little things we can do to start accepting ourselves a little more. And a lot of people can't even say the last time they've done something like that for themselves. Like when have you actually like recently done something that was super intentional for yourself? Like I'm sure you've like bought clay Christmas presents and it was super intentional. Like you put a lot of time into it or... You like made dinner for a significant other because you want them to feel loved or I don't know, a million things that you've done for other people. But like, when have you actually like spent money on yourself that you actually thought about that you were super excited about that was like not for tomorrow, like in a month? That's what these people are doing. They're like spending money on themselves, getting really excited to do a shoot. And then they're learning like, oh, it's okay to spend money and time on myself, even though maybe in high school that would have been selfish to like spend time on yourself intentionally. I want to loop back a little bit to the masculine feminine part and how you're right. It used to be kind of like derogatory Mm -hmm. and not to deviate this too much, but I had right now I'm doing this campaign with this brand and they had this ad go live on Facebook and I don't know what it is, but legit... It like kind of made me sad for a second. And I was like, what the fuck? All of these guys were commenting on the picture of me and they were like, dude, you literally look like a man. Like you're so masculine or whatever. And I was like, okay, but if you're a man and you like being a man, why are you like saying it to me in like a demeaning way? And like, I'm literally in athletic wear. Like, I'm sorry, that's this is like me showing that more masculine side. Like I'm in more of like a gym type environment. So it's just like interesting how I was like, why? Like, I don't understand why you're like saying it in that type of way. Mm -hmm. And then, or if you're like being too feminine, like, oh, you're just like trying to put out and you're just like soft and and it's like, 
only saying they it in a bad you way. They hate in gym clothes, but they're also going to hate on you for being in high heels and like being <laughs> yeah. an influencer. It's disgusting. I'm First of all, I'm sorry that happened to you because it's hard to like listen to strangers say mean things about yourself. But I do want to say one thing that has helped me with self-confidence is never listening to people who have never done something before. And I don't mean like those guys have never done anything in their life. Like that's not what I mean. (laughs) I just mean like you're building a brand. Those guys have never built a brand. Like why do we care what they think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, You know, or like when people walk in the studio, if they're concerned about what their friends think or like what a guy thinks that they met in high school first, those people never have to see those photos. Those photos can just be for you. But second, like, are those people self-confident? Do they love their bodies? If they don't, why are we listening to them? There's no reason for it. And that's like a big thing that has helped me as a business owner is I'm worried about like what people in college would say. And they probably are talking shit on me. And that's totally okay. Like I actually, a few years ago, I ran into a guy from college at a bar in Kansas City on New Year's Eve. And he looked me dead in the eyes and he said, why did you become a photographer? And he's an engineer. And I- You're like, I probably make more than you. Oh yeah. I looked him dead in the eyes and I go, my paycheck's a lot bigger than yours. Yes! (laughs) And I walked away. And it was so funny and also like probably escalated by alcohol. But I I think about it. I think about it all the time. I'm like, I make more than an engineer does. Yeah. And that's not why I do it. But the judgment that people don't understand, it's okay. He's never built a business. Mm -hmm. So why do I care about what he says to me? Yeah. You know, it reminds me of the quote, like, no one more successful than you will ever talk shit about you. Because those people don't have time. Like, So true. You think? No. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yep. So kind of relates back to what you were just saying. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, we, we don't have time for those people. And I think it, it's good business advice, but it's also like great sound confidence advice to like people that are confident, truly confident to their core, understand who they are, care deeply about who they are and won't veer from that. They don't care about what you're doing. They don't really mind what the people around them are doing. They take ownership for who they are and what they're doing. Like we, they, they have no care in the world. And I aspire to be that person, not the other way around. I think a lot of this comes back to one of the four agreements of like not taking anything personally. Mm-hmm. And because so much of those people are just like saying that and then taking it, like if you take it personally, inherently you agree with it. So yeah. if like, if something is to hurt your feelings, it's like, well, I guess deep down, I do believe that. Yeah. And then realizing, on the flip side, like a lot of people are just projecting, like so many people are a mirror. And if someone Mm -hmm. is trying to put you down, it's like, yeah, because they don't have that confidence themselves. And that's why I do think it's so important that we continue to lift each other up because hurt people hurt people. And the more people that we can stop from being hurt, then everyone would stop projecting and bringing each other down all the time. I think that relates back to another tip on self-confidence. So the first tip being never listen to somebody who hasn't done it before, what you want to do. Second one being your confidence has to come from you, not from what other people say about you. So I think about it as a mom, Caden is my son's name. He crawls and we like praise him and we like cheer him on. We're like, crawl again. Come on, buddy. You can do it. And then he's walking and we're like, yes, like you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And then now he's just throwing balls. He just turned one. He, he'll like take a football and his throw is like barely like letting go of the object. But I'm like, yes, you threw the ball, you know? But at some point, like your confidence has to come from internal. I will legitimately walk by the room and I will see him like in the corner, not noticing me, not looking at me. And he's practicing walking by himself, like step, step, 
step, step. And he'll turn back and look at me and he'll just fall to the ground. He's like, you don't need to see this today. (laughs) He's like, I got this. I can do this on my own. He has no words, but he's practicing it himself and like being proud of himself. And we have to get to that point where it's not external praise that is making us do what we do. It is internally, you're proud of yourself for doing something like Allison's proud of herself for getting that brand deal and rocking it and and getting a ton of engagement on it. I am proud of myself for building a business that can support my family. And you're proud of yourself for making friends in a new city. We have to have the external praises come second and feel good, but the internal praises come first. And if you deep down don't like who you are, I think it goes back to that fake it till you make it. Start trying to be more confident, but also till you make it, like you have to work on it. You have to work on the little things that are going on in your head. If you relate to the bad things people are saying, like she's not a good business owner or she looks masculine. Like if you're relating to that, like think about it for a second. What don't I like about that? And then let it go. Like, I don't like that because I've suffered with like my feminine side before and I don't feel like a girl enough of the time. Okay, let that go work on it. Fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it. And I think like that's what, you know, I did as a business owner. I said, yeah, I'll shoot your wedding. Yeah, I'll shoot boudoir. And I learned and learned and learned and learned. And we have to do that with ourselves because we've been taught to hate ourselves. Like so many industries profit off us literally hating ourselves. Makeup industry profits off us hating ourselves. TV shows, Hulu, all those reality shows like profit off us hating ourselves and hating other people. There's so many, like I could just like go into like some deep rabbit (laughs) rabbit hole of this. But I think, I don't know, I think all three of those are like really good tips to start building self-confidence in really little ways. Well, reeling it back to Bedouar with the self-confidence, what's some of the feedback that you've gotten from your clients after they receive their photos? And how does that make them feel? Oh my gosh. They're like, that's me. That's me. Like, who is she? Who allowed her to look that way? Um, I think like there's some like body dysmorphia in how we see ourselves like in the mirror or the very opposite is like, we're not looking at ourselves in the mirror ever besides like looking at our makeup and like looking at our hair. And so I think people, it's really uncomfortable to have to sit down and look at yourself in photos like that. But then it's really beautiful to be like, wow, I'm a badass. Like I can do that. That really took me outside of my comfort zone. I think it's another step outside of your comfort zone to actually see the photos. And accept them. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah. and accept them. Have you guys ever felt that way about like listening to your voices on a podcast? Oh gosh, yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> my solo episode especially, I was like, oh my God, I sound like a whiny little brat. <laughs> Stop. That's probably not true. Kara, your voice. No, it's you- so hard for people to accept like the way they look or the tone of their voice or the way they look in pictures. Like, oh, is that me? But for the most part or for pretty much everything I've ever seen um, people say about the photos is, wow, that's me. That's so cool. That was so empowering. It, I've, I've had a lot of positive feedback and it's really nice. And I think that's why it keeps spiraling too is people are like, wow, I'm a hot bitch. Like, let me, <laughs> let me show all my friends this. And like, it'll, they'll pop a photo in their group chats. And then all of a sudden, all their group chats are like, wait a second. I want to do that. Yeah. yeah. I want to do that. That's so cool. Yeah. So it's a really, really fun experience maybe, to get to be a part yeah, of. Maybe you need a subscription service to it once a month. All these people are loving yeah. it. Oh my gosh. I definitely have people that come back multiple times. I have, the most I've ever had somebody come back is four times. We'll see if they come back oh again. Yeah. It's really, really fun. And it's also fun to see how people evolve over that time. I think 
unknowingly, we set some expectations for ourselves when we walk into a shoot like that of how we want to look. And maybe it's like a Victoria's Secret model or maybe it's like your friend. So you unknowingly pick things that maybe aren't best suited for you, like really like crazy lingerie or something like that. I've had people do that and then they come back for a second one and they literally wear like a t-shirt and underwear or they'll wear like really baggy, but like comfortable clothes because they're like, wait, this feels like way more More me. me." And they accept them themselves, which is so cool to see. It shocks me sometimes when people post their photos on social media and they were like so reserved when I met them. And I'm like, wow, you're amazing. Like you just went for that full send <laughs> and puts it up on social media. Like that's so cool to see people like that proud of themselves in open. When someone's in front of you, when you're taking their photos and they're feeling unconfident, what do you coach them through? What do you say to them to get them more comfortable and realizing that they look amazing? I think sometimes it goes so fast that there's not even room to think. Like I I just deep dive into it. I'm like, this is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to do. I ask permission to touch their hair, to fix outfits. I say, hey, I'm like, I'm a little bit OCD, just so you know. <laughs> like I will make sure you look so good. And here's the first pose. I'm going to show it to you. Go for it. And I always show them what I'm doing. And I think we just like go so fast that there's not always time to think. Or it's the opposite. Like we go really slow because we like connect and we're talking about their life. So like, here's a pose. Oh my gosh, you're a mom. Like how old's your kids? Blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden we'll be talking about like depression, postpartum depression, like how shitty we have felt about our lives. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can relate to you. By the way, look at this photo on the back of my camera. Look how fucking great you look. And then we just like laugh about it. I think it's either like there's no time to think about that or we're deep diving into like Mm -hmm. our darkest like dreads and secrets and I'm just proving them wrong. No, but it's like, if you can tell me like the deep thoughts that you're having and like be honest with your feelings, like, of course you can just like show me your boobs pretty much. Like, is that really that much more intimate? We've just been taught to be like, oh my gosh, you have to hide your body. It's crazy because I think your like deepest internal thoughts are way more intimate than (laughs) your physical body. But we are like so nervous about it for some reason. Like we're like taught to turn the lights off, like hide under covers, not look at yourself in the mirror before you hop into the shower. It's actually wild. Like the thoughts you have in your head are way, way, way more intimate than that, in my right. opinion. Like it's just your body. It's 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 your body. vessel that gets you through life. You can look at it. Yeah, you're allowed to look at it. <laughs> as this lady <laughs> said, as this lady said, I met like the Ozarks. It's just a tit. It's fine. Because oh, I yeah, thought I flashed so everybody. Funny. And this lady turned around and she's like, you didn't flash everyone. And if you did, it's just a tit. It's fine. <laughs> I love her. It is though. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Have you not seen boobs before? (laughs) Like that was so shocking to you that you saw the outline of my areola. I'm sorry. (laughs) And usually it's crazy because I feel like it's usually men that are speaking that into existence for us. And I'm like, newsflash, you probably breastfed too, dude. (laughs) Like, what is the issue here? Oh my gosh. And when you have a baby, like everything's out. Like everything's Mm -hmm. out in the hospital. If you're breastfeeding, everything's out at your house when people are walking around your house trying to see your new baby. And I think that is such a, that was very much a like, this is just going to be how my body is now. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to be out and you're at my house and I just had a newborn baby. So if you don't like it, that's your issue, not my issue. Yeah. And it's just natural. You're like, I'm literally nourishing my child that just Mm -hmm. came out from inside me. What? What, what is so tabooed? <laughs> yeah. uh, so I love the phrase. Shoot, what is it? Oh my gosh, I just blanked. Um, oh my gosh, somebody said this to me one time and I love it. She said, I've already seen my body, so it's no problem for me. If it's a problem for you, turn around. 
<laughs> and she said that in high school and I was like, you're right. Here's a question about breastfeeding and breastfeeding etiquette. If someone's breastfeeding in front of you, like, should you not look at them? Or like, what is ed- etiquette? Because I've been in a room with someone who's breastfeeding their tits just out. And I'm like, do I like go- look away? Because like, I don't want them to be uncomfortable. But like, as a mom, what's your input here? I just here? ask them. Yeah. I would just ask them. I think like the first time I ever saw someone um, breastfeeding, it was actually a really close photographer friend of mine. And I had never seen her like in a state of like pain or like all, all these like roller coasters of emotions that you feel after you've had a baby. And she just really needed a backup at a wedding just in case something happened and it was out of town. So she brought her baby with her and she was in so much freaking pain. And she was just like, honestly, like shirts off, like just doing what she could to like get through what she was doing. And I just sat there with her. And it was the first time I was like, this is your body, whatever. Like, we're just going to sit and talk while you try and get through the shit that you're trying to get through to feed your baby. But I think if you're uncomfortable in a situation like that, just ask like, hey, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. But would you like me to like leave the room, help you out in some other way? I always think it's so funny when when I was breastfeeding and I was like at a friend's house and they let me like breastfeed on the couch or whatever. And I'd be like pretty much covered up. But like the amount of things like husbands was like <laughs> fine to do at that yeah. exact moment. Like, oh, I got to go break down the cardboard in the garage. <laughs> oh like, my God. I got to empty the dishwasher. And then like, am I making him uncomfortable? Like I can go to your bedroom if, if like you want me to. Like it doesn't matter to me, but I think it's just su- such a funny taboo thing. And I feel bad when I see women like at airports, like asking airline people, like, is there a place I can breastfeed? Like anything like that. I think I was probably more open than I should have been. I'm like, if they don't, if they care, freaking <laughs> sue me. Like I'll put you on the news. If you're going to talk shit on me about breastfeeding in the airport, like this would be a great headline. <laughs> I was probably like more open than most people, but I think just ask people like what they're comfortable mm-hmm. with. Some people aren't comfortable with that. They have to figure it out on their own, you know? I, I, in no shade to my mom at all, I grew up in a household with six girls, six six sisters. And um, my mom was always like fluctuating on her self-confidence. And there was times where you could tell she hated her body. There was times she loved her body and it fluctuated with how she was working out. I swear I saw every diet fad, every diet fad. Um, I watched her like eat from MLM stuff, like do beach body do all of the things throughout our journey. And I see it in my sisters. I see mm-hmm. her the way I see her. I don't like tendencies. I see her tendencies in my sisters in different ways in every single one and in myself. And I think when you have kids relating it back to breastfeeding, like if you're ashamed of your body, your kids know that. If you are talking down on yourself, your kids see that. If you don't look at yourself in the mirror or you're always covering up your body or you're feeling down about yourself, your kids see that. I've heard from ages one to seven is like when they really like soak up the most. So if you're ashamed of who you are, like they're going to see that and be like, oh, should I be ashamed of who I am? Should I be following fad diets? Should I be the skinny? Should I be drinking protein shakes instead of eating a meal? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, why aren't we eating dinner? Like, is that normal? And again, no shade to my mom. Like, that's how we grew up in that society where I don't even know what they're called. Like the Atkinson's diet (laughs) was super popular and Isogenics was super popular. And that meal service where they sent you all your freaking dried food, that was super popular. But we have like an obligation to break that cycle. And I think that's how it relates to breastfeeding is like, who gives a shit? 
if your tit's out. It's just a tit. (laughs) Who cares? Like, who cares if it's out and you're feeding your kid? Like, we have to own our bodies now before we're just a part of the cycle again where people, like, think their bodies are trash and they hate themselves growing up for 25 years. It's horrible. No, and it is so real. Um, This I don't want to, like, say who it is, but these people that I know very well, Mm -hmm. the mom definitely had an eating disorder when the kid, when the son was little. And that son literally has such an eating disorder, so afraid of food, like so tiny, like never eats. And she has healed from that. And I'm like, I see it in your kid because that's what he grew up watching. He like, he grew up being afraid of food and it it does trickle down for like both genders. Absolutely. I feel so bad for males because I don't get the... I don't think men get the same recognition or any gender that straight females get. Like straight females had it in the ringer for so long, like everyone thinking they needed to be size zero. And now we're being more acceptance of those body types. But I don't think it goes like all across the spectrum. I don't think it goes to men. I feel so bad for my husband and the things that he sees in advertisements still that people don't seem to care about. It definitely runs through both genders. Yeah, do you want to elaborate on that? What is he seeing with male? I mean, what are we all seeing? Like, we see like beer commercials and the guys in jeans, boots, his shirts off, and he has an eight. Right? Like, yeah. How realistic is that? We've realized that's not realistic for women. Mm-hmm. We've realized that we can be from size zero to 24 and all have different health in lifestyles. But for men, I don't think I've seen models that are size 20, size 16. I think, well, wait, I don't think- Yeah, what are guy sizes? We get what you're saying. What are guy sizes? I don't know. Is it like the inches around their waist? Yeah. Like 32 to 40 to 44. Yeah, like we're all seeing guys with broad shoulders, big muscles, eight packs. Like what else are we seeing on advertisements? We're not. Maybe like the women are changing, but I don't think the advertisements with men are changing. That's so true. And on the mental health side for men, like, and that's kind of on the flip side of of us. If I get to be masculine and if I get to want to have muscle and wear men's clothing, why can't Clay like wear a necklace? and get in touch with this feminine side. Absolutely. And that's like been a huge thing in our relationship of me being like, that's okay. You can journal. You can buy a crystal. You (laughs) can, you know, you can do stuff like that. It's not detracting from your masculinity. You can have your masculinity and be in touch with your feminine side. And on the flip side, as a female, I can be feminine and do masculine things. Yeah, I think all of us, if we're not going to do it for ourselves, if we're not going to break the cycle for ourselves, we need to think about breaking it for our children in the next generation, whether they're male, female, whatever they are. Because it's hard to grow up and see your parents or your friends or your husband, your wife struggle with themselves. And I would never want to put that on the next generation because I don't like myself. Like that's the ultimate freaking stab wound is if you feel like shit about yourself and you're making everyone else feel like shit about themselves. And that's usually how it goes because you're just projecting that. If you're insecure and you're upset and you see someone else doing well, the natural human response is like, they have what I want. So rather, but I don't want to, either I don't want to do it or I don't know how to get what they have. So I'm going to try to bring them back down to my level because I don't want to do what it takes to get to theirs. And it starts with such little things to get to that place. Or it has been for me. It's when you have that little tiny voice of negative self-talk, even comparing yourself to somebody else. I don't feel pretty because look how pretty she looks. It's just stopping it right in its tracks, saying to yourself in your head, it's okay that she looks pretty. She's allowed to do that. She's allowed to look like that. 
and it doesn't subtract from who I am as a human. Every single time those negative things happen in your head, like I feel like ass today. No, you're tired today. It's okay. Let's go get a drink of water. And those little things have really added up for me so that I'm not projecting onto Mm -hmm. anyone else. I'm just taking full accountability for how I feel, what I'm saying, and the negative things I'm saying both about me internally and about other people. Like, who does that girl think she is that she walked in in leather pants and a crop top? No, I have no judgment for her. I don't know her. I wish her the very best, just internally in my head. Mm -hmm. And relating that to being a first-time mother, do you feel like there's pressure with how you act and how you think on your child and how you're dealing with all that and like the the pressure of quote-unquote being a good mom? Oh my gosh, I have so much mom guilt. Uh, I think having a baby that relies on you 24-7 or having any person that relies on you 24-7 is very, very hard. And you never have that. I don't think people have that until they have kids. Like my husband's never relied on me 24-7. He's a human. He can do, you know, whatever he, he needs to do. He can be his own person. So all of a sudden you are given this person And they literally need you 24-7. The guilt I have when I leave him to do other things, to run a business is intense. Like it sucks. But I do think it's becoming more normal to ask for help. And we have a family here that helps all the time. Like my mom helps watch him once a week. My sisters are so encouraging and will come over if I ask. And I don't take it for granted that not everyone has that. But I think it's important that we normalize other people helping us take care of our kids. Because when have you ever had somebody have full reliance on you? I think the guilt part stems a good question because I don't really know. I I have dogs, but obviously having a kid is a whole different thing. Do you think the guilt mostly stems from the fact that they're getting older and like those days you're never going to have with them again? Or stems from like, I want them to be under my care and having the best all the time. Oh my gosh. It might be like some selfish guilt where like I'm missing out on moments. Yeah. You know, I I never thought about it like that. It might, it might be more that like, oh gosh, I missed that today. But also at the same time, like if I don't go to work, how can I give you all the (laughs) things that I want to give you later on? There's definitely been a balance that I'm trying to find. And I think I'm going to find it a little better last year or what? There's a balance I'm trying to find and I'm preparing better for next year than I did for last year where you want to work so that you can provide for you, your family, for all the things you want to do. But I don't think you should be scheduling your life around work. You should be scheduling work around your life. And in the US specifically, we don't do that. Whether it's um, maternity leave here, it's all scheduled around work. They want you to get back into work. But in European countries, they want you to take care of your family first and then schedule work around it. Like what? What do you want to do in your life? Now schedule work around it. And that's really hard in the US. I yeah, because we haven't been taught to think that way our entire lives. No, and that's what I'm learning as a parent. And and that comes from the guilt of missing moments is how do I prepare the best I can and make money so that we can do all the things we wanted to do, but that I won't miss the things that I want to do because I'm working so hard. The bigger things, yeah. Absolutely. And I, I definitely have learned as a business owner, like what days of the week, I want to work and how many weekends I would like to work. It's it's hard because um, in a consumer industry or a service industry, everyone else is working on weekdays. So you have to put all your energy into your business on weekends probably because you yeah. own a store. And I have to put my energy into my business on weekends because people get married on weekends. Our work is so much backwards from everyone else's. So I've just set really strict boundaries about shooting Monday through Thursday. 
in the studio. I don't shoot on weekends. Mm -hmm. And putting boundaries on how many weddings I'm going to take because this year I had back-to-back weddings from April to November with one weekend break. I literally don't know how you did it. You are not giving yourself enough credit. We talked yesterday, we recorded an episode that will be our um, December 31st one. And we were talking about, so you're a first time mom Mm -hmm. in the midst of all of this pandemic stuff. And so you're like, am I having, am I struggling because I'm a first time mom or am I struggling because I'm a first time mom in a pandemic? Yeah. Or am I struggling because I'm a business owner? owner, Which one? And it's hard to pinpoint what it is because we've had so much change. And you're like, would I, would it be this hard if things were normal? Or is this like aiding to it? but there's no point in questioning it because that is how our life is. But I feel like it's made me feel like a bad business owner. And this someone else I know who is a first-time mom this year, they're like, I just feel like I'm not doing a good job as a mom. And I feel like I'm being crazy and so protective. And I don't know if I would be like this if we didn't just have the year we did. I think it's important to question ourselves like that though, whether we're in a pandemic or not, because we have let society dictate what we've done for so long. So I think we should be questioning like, is this how I want to be raising my kid? Is this how I want to be running my business? Like, do I need to work every weekend? Do I need to prioritize work over my family? If you want to, that's cool. Like, If you don't want to, that's also cool. Like do, same thing with like stay-at-home dads versus stay-at-home moms. I've seen like a ton of people become stay-at-home dads. That's not the situation in my family, but I've seen a bunch of people do that and rock it. Or like I've seen people become more 50-50 as partners. Like dads are taking care of babies just as much as moms are because we've been starting to question the status quo. And I think probably the pandemic has made us a little bit crazy, but it's made us question things. That's so true. Okay, with all that, really back, even when you were trying to get pregnant and right after you got married, did you always know you wanted to be a mother? What was that kind of like? Because how old were you when Caden was born? I was 24. So I'm a young yeah. mom, I would say. I'm a cool mom. She's cool. She's <laughs> hip. Yeah, did you always know cool that you wanted to be guys. a young mom? Yeah, I did, which is kind of weird because I also always knew I was going to be a business owner. And I don't think the two connect very well. Um, I've always been a busybody in that sense. But I did, even in college, when I was dating Colin, I always said like, we're going to have babies. Like we're going to have a Merle. I always made the joke like, if you're not going to put a ring on it soon, like I'm going to find somebody else that I can have babies with. (laughs) It was an ongoing joke. Definitely a joke. I wasn't actually going to break up with him or anything like that. But I did. I did not know how it was all going to balance and come to fruition. And I think that's another cool thing about owning myself is before I thought it'd be so cool to have friends that were the same age as me and go through life at the same time as me. But it is way cool to have friends that appreciate you are the same age as you or not and are going through completely different life stages than you. It's actually way cooler. I thought I needed like this sameness as everyone else and this connectedness by going through the same stages. And I don't feel that way at all. I think it's cool that we can have a baby and still like go have fun with our friends too. Mm -hmm. That really is such a good point because Jordan is 23 and Mm -hmm. then my other friend Hillary is 32. And so it's like the conversations that are different. And then, you know, if you have friends that aren't parents, they're teaching you more about maybe social socializing and youthfulness and that age. And then you can teach them about being a parent that they're like, oh, maybe, maybe I don't want to be a parent or maybe that's good to know for when I go through that. Otherwise, if you're all going through the same thing, you don't have that perspective and those, the diversity of thoughts that are going into your conversations. Oh my gosh. I think that's probably why I relate to you a lot because I have friends that are like 32, 33. And then I also have friends that are younger and it is just such a broadening of the mind, the different kinds of conversations that are still great that I have with each different human. 
It's amazing. I love, I love, love, love having friends that are in all different places. Though I will say like somehow most of my friends do have like the business mindset too. So I think they get that crazy like about me. I have lost a lot in building a business. Like I have lost a lot of friends in a good sense, probably friends that I shouldn't have been friends with that like didn't understand the grind. And now I'm getting to a place of balance. But the friends that are left, like they deserve that time. Like they stuck with me through some hard stuff. Like sometimes when I couldn't talk to them for months because I was so head deep in work and then having a baby, you know, but they they stuck by it. They understood it. And now that I've worked so hard to a point where I can like breathe, like I want to give them that time. Like they totally deserve it. Give it back. It. Absolutely. I think you should go into that a little bit of how lonely it can be being an entrepreneur because people look from the outside like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. You're making more than an engineer. You're a mom. You're shooting all these weddings. You're going to all these places. But what doesn't usually get talked about is the sacrifice and how hard it is on a day-to-day basis, like making boundaries. It's so hard. It's still hard for me. For example, (laughs) I took a picture two weeks ago in my car of me just bawling on the way to a wedding. (sighs) Okay, great. (laughs) And I was bawling because... I had been gone, like gone from home for seven days. And that's like, that's not that big of a time, but like I hadn't been with my husband. I hadn't been with my baby. I hadn't just like gotten to sit and like even be alone for seven days because I flew to San Diego, worked for five days, flew home, took a shower, got ready, shot a Christmas party, went to bed. My baby was already sleeping, got up, shot a wedding. And on the way to the wedding, I just lost it because I'm like, this shit is so hard. Like I don't have any time, but I, I like to think now, and this sounds so cheesy, like I don't want to be called the CEO of my company, but like this is like actually sound advice is I am the CEO of my company and I make the decisions for booking myself and I have the ability to say yes and I have the ability to say no. And if I pick to do this, I need to commit and I need to do it and I need to own that. Like the CEO of AT&T is not, well, maybe he's like sitting crying in his car, but... (laughs) He's probably not. He's probably putting on his pants, getting dressed for work and going and getting shit done. And as a business owner, that's what you have to do even when it's hard, but it is so glamorized. It is so much. Today, a lot of brands have faces behind them. And when people see those faces, they see all the good things about them. They see you traveling. They see you thrifting. They see you getting to be creative when you have this business. They see this beautiful storefront. But what they don't see is you sleeping in your car. They don't see you like trying to get stains out of clothing, washing people's dirty clothes, building that bay in the middle of your store from like rotten wood. They don't see you doing all of those things, but also giving up friendships because you stayed up for 12 hours building your store while everyone else was partying and celebrating somebody's birthday. They don't see you booking yourself for an event and then missing your dad's 50th birthday party because you were booked a year in advance. And they that stuff see. happens all the time. Yeah. You don't realize the commitments Weekly. that, yeah. Weekly. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not just like a once a, you know, once every six months, something bad happens. Like it's a all the time you're putting out fires because you, you're learning and they might, they might be minor, but it builds up into like 
like me crying in my car. Okay, but you crying in your car, I feel like that's something we can talk about really fast is when you are the face of your company, you're like, I do everything. So I can't show on my Instagram story me crying before this client's wedding because then the client is going to like see that and they're going to be like, is she okay to shoot my wedding? Like, oh my gosh, well, maybe I don't want to book her because she's going to cry before my wedding. She's not going to be able to handle it. And like, then it it could come off as like, I don't want to do this. And so you're trying to act like you have it all together because you don't want to like shed negative light on your business to where someone else that say works for AT&T, they can have their long day and be like, it was super draining. There was these annoying customers. This and this happened long day at my job or whatever. And you can say that. But when it's your own company, you can't really talk about it in that way. So then it's like a lot gets kept behind closed doors. And then that's, I think that's a huge problem of why it ends up getting glamorized. Right. It's, we're almost part of the problem, but we can't show that side because you want to keep your business Business in good light. Absolutely. And I think we do that in our personal lives too. You don't want to be known as a like negative Nancy that cries all the time. It's okay to be that person, but you don't want to be known as it, you know? So people are putting on fronts in personal lives, business lives. But yeah, it is super over glamorized and it is so worth it when you get to a point where you, your business is running smoother, but is very, very hard. You've done all of this at such a young age. Like you're so young, accomplished so much. I don't know how you do it. Thanks. You're so nice. Oh my gosh. You're you do it too though. Well, I don't know how I do it either. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I, you too care. Like we're all like, we all work so hard and then we all cry. Like we all cry a lot. Yeah. And we look like people that wouldn't cry a lot. <laughs> like I know we look like we have it really together, mm-hmm. which in some aspects we do, but the stress is just crazy, which I think goes back to making sure that your praise comes from internal things. Because even when you're so busy, sometimes you don't hear the external praise. Like you you have to get it internal. Like I did a good job today. Like I gave it my best. Yeah, I might be overwhelmed. Like I might be crying, but like I served all of those people so well for seven days. Um, Some really, really good advice I got for anyone that does want to be an entrepreneur, somebody in the service industry is we are so, so lucky that there are people that come into our lives that pay us and fill up our cups like back to us, but that is not their job. Like it is our job to show up, to be at a hundred, to have a glass overfilling, to make their life great, to be energetic, to pull them in, but it is not their job to fill us back up after we get drained. And I think- damn. That's so yeah. important. Like we are so lucky that some people do do that for us. Like some people will write me the nicest things. Like some people will tip me. Some people will just out of the blue Venmo me for coffee. And that is so nice, but it is not their mm-hmm. job. It is my job to figure out how I'm going to refill for the next day. And that's that's all internal. Yeah, that is so true. And that's all the self-care mm-hmm. things. Shout out to Carrie Carlquist. Oh, yeah. She's on it. Yeah. yeah. And that's getting enough sleep and yeah, not booking yourself maybe seven times in a row just for your own sanity, you know, and and it's saying no, which has been a topic on the podcast of us trying to navigate that whole sphere. So, (laughs) oh my gosh, it's so hard because I have said yes to so many things and it's opened so many doors. Mm -hmm. Like yes is like the best thing you can do and also the worst thing you can do. I'm sure we could go into a whole nother podcast about that. 
Well, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said you just have to be so confident in who you are. And like, you have to be aligned with what you want because once you know exactly who you are and what you want, yes and no's are easy. Like, does this line up with what I want to be in five years? Yes. Okay. Yes. No, no. But it's getting to that point where it's like, what do I want to do with my life? Is this getting me closer to this goal? It's a lot. I really think it goes back to those little internal voices in your head. Like that is the literal best thing you can do for yourself is to start shutting down the negative things you're saying about yourself and the negative things that you're saying about others. It is one and the same. Just shutting that down and replacing it with either good and positive affirmations towards the other person or towards yourself. If you can't start there, like you cannot get anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And it carries into everything. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. If you're projecting about someone's intellect versus their body image versus their career versus whether they have a kid or don't have a kid and maybe you're trying to get pregnant. And now I see I see that a lot in our peaks of the week and stuff like that of people being like, all I want is to have a baby and I can't. And I just see these pregnant women. I like hate them. You know, yeah. and like I feel like that's also super common. And then those things spill into other areas. Overflows. It overflows at all. It's all connected. It's all the same. And so I think to loop this back to the body image thing is being okay with who you are, not just with your body, but with your mind and your relationships and your, if you're living in a place in an environment that fills you joy, because how can you do the extra stuff if you don't have the foundation? It's owning and accountability in everything that you can control. You know, you, you might not be able to control whether you can have a baby or not or some other things, but it's, it is accountability in your words, in your thoughts, owning what happens in your life, owning what happens in your business. When I got to that point, any bad thing that happened to me, it was back to like, I'm the CEO of this business. I'm the CEO of my life. I own this. I own a mistake I made. I'll even own the mistakes of other that other people make in my business by saying, I didn't prepare them enough. I didn't, I didn't set the expectations enough. Like just owning every single thing you can own and mostly owning like your words and your thoughts. Damn. I love that. Be the CEO of your life. There we go. I'm sure That's, somebody else said that before. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have seen it, but it's just, it's so good. It talks about, I mean, we talk about it on here a lot too, of create your life and choose. If you booked all those things, you chose that. <sighs> Unfortunately. <laughs> no, now you know. And I think yeah. if you want to give any other advice, like is there any other advice you want to give to someone who's thinking about being a photographer or starting their own business? Pretty solid. So if you want us to go into the final question. I think it does all relate back to the tiny intentional moments that we were talking about, like owning who you are, owning your actions, owning your voices. It's just really little moments that come to be the broader thing. For advice for other people that want to be business owners, you can't be a business owner without being an accountable human being. So maybe starting with the little voices in your head and taking accountability for that and trying to become a better person first. And then you'll be able to be accountable in making commitments and editing things on time, things like that. Yeah. And being able to see what you do wrong and what you kind of mess up at just as much as what you're good at because it makes the whole picture. Absolutely. Yeah. You need to be a whole human being. Like the crying in my car is like, that's just part of who I am. I'm a very emotional person. And I would suck if I didn't have that side. Like I was just like cold hearted, like Mm -hmm. just working all the time. At least I would really suck for my family. (laughs) They'd be like, you're like a robot. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't know. Any other questions? Well, with all of that, that was a great conversation. Thank you so much. We have one final question for you. 
to you, what makes a good friend? I think somebody who, no matter what part of life they are in, accepts the part of life that you are in and loves you for it. No projection, like no hatred towards the stage of life you are in, but just loves you for the stage that you're in. And I had so many good friends that did that for me and I appreciated it so much. And then in return, you see that and do that for other people. I hope so. (laughs) I'm sure you do. I think we're usually, we try to be the type of friend that we want in return. Yeah. And I I love friends that can just like sit in silence with you. Like that's the ultimate friend. If you have friends that you can just like sit and do nothing with, that's a keeper. I think we're very similar in our need to be alone. (laughs) You've been mentioning it there a little bit. And I'm like, I love a friend that we don't have to talk. Yeah. (laughs) But actually- You could like jump in and like talk so much and like bounce around. I'm very like ADHD in that sense where I'm like, oh shit, we didn't finish that other conversation. Go back, go back, go back. But then also could just like not talk about anything. And just be in each other's presence. Yeah, Yeah. and enjoy it. That's really cool. I love friends like that. I have a few on my mind now that are definitely those people for me. And I think it's important as you get older too, to have those more because I don't know, you're learning more and you really need a lot of support (laughs) on bigger things. Like your problems Mm -hmm. just get bigger and heavier as you get older, usually more responsibility and just having people that you can trust without having to say all that much. Yeah, And not filling the space with like empty words, but like less words. That are more impactful. Yes, Kara. Exactly. Yeah, love that. I heard one time that you should be comfortable with yourself in silence too. And I think if you can't do that with yourself like or with other people, that you really have to figure out what's going on internally. Oh, yeah. I think that's a huge problem with society. Probably do a whole episode on that. Yeah. Not playing music, not listening to a podcast, not doing something, just sitting there with your thoughts, turning off the noise. Most so people don't guilty. even do that for 30 minutes a day. Oh, I'm so... Yeah, I'm so guilty of that. And that's why they say meditation saved my life. Did it save your life? Well, it's not saved (laughs) yet. That's what she says (laughs) if people say that. (laughs) We are all working on this. We're all working on the self-talk, all working on the silence, all working on being a better friend. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Just always progressing. Thank you so much, Erin. I had so much fun. This was a great conversation. Yeah, this was good. My little twin. I hope people like this (laughs) Yes, we're twins. Brothers from another mother. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Didn't you grow up in a big family too? Yeah, I have three siblings. There's four of us. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, I coached yeah. your sister. That's okay. Yes, yes, yes. I was going to say, didn't you coach at Scott? Yeah. For five years. I was like, how do we not talk about that already? Thank you guys so much for joining us of another episode Bye, of Friends. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening, liking, subscribing, resharing on Instagram stories. We just wanted to give you a final nudge. December 31st, the end of 2021 is coming up and we have that AirPod Pro giveaway going on. So to be entered, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and screenshot that you did that, send it to our Instagram. We'll write you down to be entered. If you want, you can also share the podcast to your Instagram story and tag us. Leave a nice comment about what you like. Clock is ticking. The year's almost done. Get entered. AirPod Pose could be coming your way. Thanks, guys. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.